So we did chapter 23 last week. Chapter 22, or ch- chapter 21 and 22 are the triumphal entry, and which is the beginning of the last week of Jesus' life when he comes in, uh, you know, Palm Sunday. What we celebrate is Palm Sunday. That's when all the people had the palm fronds and everything and welcomed Jesus in, uh, p- declaring him to be the Messiah and, uh, he went to the temple and did some talking with the Pharisees there. Then he went to Bethany and spent the night, came back to the temple, had more discussions with the Pharisees. So, and la- so chapter 23 last week was where he's, the whole chapter is, woe unto you Pharisees for you this and that. Uh, so that puts us at, let me see here. I already had my thing pulled up. Is that? La 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 Well, do you have your thing up where you can... Dr- yeah, pull it up here. Uh, wait, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. What if we do it at the same time? Found it. I've got it. Okay. Okay. So, we talked last week about the um, the temple... So this is the Temple Mount as it exists today. And this is north, south, that's west, that's east. Um, the Dome of the Rock, which is a Muslim something or another. The, well, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is right here, and that's the main mosque. So I don't, I guess that is a mosque, to, it, it's a shrine. It has the stone that, uh, where Abraham did something is supposed to be on that. Uh, but the, the temple used to stand right there with, the, I th- I'm pretty sure it faced this way the, to the west. And so that's where all the gold was. And we said last week that now when the, when Herod built the temple, he leveled all this out. And this is all still level. Um, they filled in this side because the, the, originally it wasn't that big, but they made the Temple Mount level from there to there, from north to south and east to west level, and they filled all this in because the mountain used to have a contour that came around like this, but they filled it out and leveled all this up. So when, when the Romans not, remember Jesus said last week, uh, not a stone will be standing on top of another. That's the beginning of 24 here. And it literally wasn't. In fact, when in, uh, in the 500s or whatever, when this, this mosque was built, that was just wiped clean. Uh, they, the Romans took I said a bulldozer last week, but obviously it wasn't a bulldozer. But they just dozed everything off to the edge of this wall right here. And that's a big, like, uh, several hundred foot drop. Have you been up? Yeah, we walked. Yeah. Jimmy and I walked on walked. that place. That's the western wall right there. And that's all level, right? Yeah. But you, they won't let you in here. Now, will they? No, this is the Wailing Wall. That's the Western Wall. 2012, we were there. Right. And didn't they, didn't you, wasn't there rules or something of what you could do in that? 
Because you were in here. Yeah, but you were here on the Western Wall, weren't you? Weren't there rules about what you? We went to the upper room, and but you had to okay. wear a deal on your head. Oh yeah, for Jewish stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little beanie. And, uh, okay, so I want you to have in mind that this is a big mountain, and this is the all of this is mountain, and it's going this direction to where this is the lowest part of it. So this is down, going down in the valley, and the end of the valley is right here. Um, so when G Jesus and his disciples leave, they go down. There was a switchback, like you know, like on a, like we do in the mountains in like Colorado or something. There was a switchback that they went down, and now it's just one road. But all that's going downhill. So the, when the disciples leave, they go over here, and the Mount of Olives is right over here. So, okay, so chapter 24. Yeah, down there, that, you look that, on the Mount Olives, yeah. it's a grave site. It's graves. All yeah, this, all of this, right? That Those graves are all here. Yes. That's just all grave stones. Um, most likely, some of those stones are what the temple was built out of. Um, some of those stones came from the Temple Mount, Uh Anyway, okay, so they chapter two. Those graves, and, and I don't know why, they put they little put rocks, rocks on, on them. Stuff for That's when they come to visit. Yeah. And when some, there's uh, Schindler's List. Um, he, I think he's buried there. Uh, and the so the survivors and stuff, they come, they leave stones, all that stuff. I can't remember what that meant. I read it somewhere. Okay, so 24. Oh, is that not? Okay. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. You can't miss, I mean, it's easy for us to just read and, and not think about those words, but that's, that's important. He departed from the temple. That's where they were and all of this previous stuff where all the arguing with the Pharisees was going on. When he was talking to the multitudes, he was talking to a larger group of people in the temple. So it says, he departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. We said this last week. Do you see these things? And Jesus said, I say to you, not one stone will shall be left here upon the other, not one stone on top of the other, that shall not be thrown down. And we said last week that all that was pushed off. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, so we, so they've traveled down the mountain and come up the other side and the Mount of Olives is over here. That says the Mount of Olives Information Center, but that's before you get to it. It's over here. Um, so as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. What does it mean Privately. I mean, they're in a small group already. But it says the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? I don't know if they, each one of them came to him separately and asked him different questions and it got put together in the way the story's told. I don't know how he talked to him privately, if it means privately or if it was in a small group. <coughs> uh but they ask him, when will these things be important? 
When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, oh, let me hear. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars. And Okay, as how many of you have ever dealt with somebody saying, I am the Christ? Have we dealt with that? I have not. Now, David Koresh in the Waco bunch, he said that he was... Yeah, we've heard of it. Yeah, we've heard of some of those, but we've not dealt with it personally. Well, I had one person that was a homeless guy who thought he was. Really? Came out with me for a knife. <laughs> I've had a guy that thought I was baby Jesus when I, he actually called me baby Jesus. Yeah. Um, but that's a story probably similar to yours. Yeah. Oh, little Lord Jesus, that's what he called. Where's your sweet head, dude? That's what he asked me. Sarge? We've got false religion that say they're God. It's not the exact words, I am Christ, but what they've said is, I am God. Okay. And that's the Buddhists, the Hindus. Muslims, New Age movement, all of them have tried to replace God. That's a good point. The Easter Bunny, Um, Santa Claus, you name it, there has been movements that have said that they are God. Um, And that's There have been systems like that, but not I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. And I believe that is going to happen. And and really, David Koresh did say that he was the Messiah. He was an incarnate God. Um, But metaphorically, that's true. We've had, and that's been since Adam and Eve. Uh, So we've had systems like this. But we haven't actually, I've not said anybody say, I'm the Christ. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now we've got that, maybe now more than ever before. For one thing, we have a system where rumors of wars and used to, you, a war could happen and you wouldn't even know what was going on. But now we have updates. We have pictures of what's going on in... Um, in our living room. In what, what, Russia, Kiev, yeah. Ukraine. Thank you. Uh, sometimes my brain doesn't want to work when I'm, I'm up here. You, the Ukraine. I mean, we see the war in our living room every single day. And, it, yeah, real time at what's going on at the moment. So ro- wars and rumors of wars like never before. See that you are not trouble. Wait, what does that say? See that you are not trouble. See that you are not troubled. We're not supposed to worry about those things. How many churches revolve around trying to figure out when when is it coming? Jesus is saying, don't be troubled by that. Um, For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That word sorrows, I don't, do you have your Bible open? That word sorrows is birth pangs. The, what do we know about 
I've never, I've never birthed a baby personally, but I've experienced the birth of a handful of babies. Um, and what do we know about that? It hurts while it's going on. But in the, after, says intolerable anguish. Intolerable anguish. Mm-hmm. Pam, is that how it is? Yeah. Yvonne, is that how it is? Suzanne, is that how it is? Intolerable anguish while it's going on. It is bad, bad, bad. But good stuff comes in the end of all that. Um, I mean, it's just amazing. Once that baby's born, you just totally forget about how bad it was. But uh, it's that picture again of birth pains. That, and, and he's saying, don't worry about it. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Underline that many will be offended. If there were, I, there have been wars and rumors of wars, there have been famines, pestilence, and earthquakes for all time. But I'm telling you that this may. Uh, this may be the most important sign, and there's never been a time that people have ever in the history of the world been more offended than they are now. It is like, it's like... At Christians. It's what? At Christians. Offended at Christians. Well, offended, oh, I'm, I'm looking at the larger picture. Offended at somebody, at hair. Offended at a word that you say that doesn't even mean it's not offensive, but people are working their hardest to be offended. Um, many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. That's one of the biggest signs of the end of the times, maybe, that we're living in. And if there was ever something that meant, meant, was meaningful in a way that's unique, I would say that's it. The offense and be, people being hateful to each other, even people who like each other get offended at each other. Yeah. So that may be one of the big things, and that's going on right now. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That may actually mean the ones who endure to the end are the ones who are saved. So he's really encouraging them. You don't worry about it because you're, you're, you guys are saved and you will endure. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. That was one of the things that, that used to be an obstacle. I remember when they talked about in the 70s uh, was that there's no way that the gospel has not been ever been preached to all the nations. But now all the... Na- I mean, you, you can be in farthest Africa and they're on their phones looking at stuff on the internet. So um, that's happening. Preach to all the nations. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads him, let him understand... Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So 
when you see the abomination of desolation, you know what that, that is from Daniel? Daniel was talking about the abomination of desolation. So um, in Daniel, is that in chapter, is that part of chapter 7? There's so much that's in chapter 7, it's a very long chapter. But the abomination of desolation that's spoken of in the Bible book of Daniel was that was fulfilled, that was a prophetic word that was fulfilled when Antiochus Epiphanes, the Assyrian king, came into the uh, to the temple and set up idol worship there, sacrificed pigs on the altar. That was the abomination of desolation. But that was fulfilled in 160-something A.D., But Jesus says, you're going to see the abomination of desolation. And when that happens, when when it's moving that direction, you need to get into the hills. People in Judea flee for the hills. And so we're talking about the mountains that are west of the... There's a whole mountain range that runs to the west of the Jordan River. He said, flee to the mountains. And the Christians did do that because the next fulfillment of the, the abomination of desolation is when... Jesus' time, yeah. 70 A.D. So about 35 years after the crucifixion, the, the next abomination of desolation happens. When, what? The, next one. <clears throat> the one in Daniel, and then the one in 70 A.D., but in, in Revelation it talks about this happening again. Remember when we studied the book of Revelation? Um, that's going to be one of the things that happens with the Antichrist, which Jesus is, he's talking about, remember, prophecy has a near fulfillment and a very future, way future fulfillment. And so that's what we're talking about. That will be a part. Jesus is talking about the end times, not just for the disciples, the actual end times. And here, listen to what he says about what's going to happen. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Have you all ever heard the story about the um, Assembly of God preacher that used that as, uh, as, as a deal for women not to put their hair up on their heads? Top not come down? That's taken, that's, that's taken it out of context. Um, top not come down. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. It's going to be bad. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. So God's going to make, he's going to make this short. How long is it going to be? Maybe half of the tribulation, three and a half years instead of seven years. It's going to be shortened. Remember when we studied about all that, the different, the two sets of three and a half? Um, when we studied Revelation, unless the days are shortened, nobody would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if, that's why some people talk, what? They couldn't sustain a long war. Israel couldn't. Yeah. 
a Jewish man told Billy Brim, this lady said, but well, we couldn't sustain it. Because they, but she also made the statement that she would, didn't believe that it would be nuclear right. stuff that would destroy it. Okay. So I don't know about that. When we studied Revelation, there was a lot of stuff that looked like it could be nuclear yeah. destruction. Uh, some of the stuff that it talks about the heavens falling and all that kind of stuff, that sounds like that could be, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the truth is, it's hard... The truth is, it's going to be hard for anybody to sustain a war very long. Look at Russia. If anybody was ever equipped to have a war, you would have thought Russia would be. But that little country of U the Ukraine has fought them for a solid year, and Russia has lost more stuff, lost more men than Ukraine ever thought about. So yeah, any country that has to go to war, it's going to be hard to sustain a long war. But I don't think that's just talking about war. That's talking about the normal trial. So that had a near fulfillment in 70. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there, don't believe it. Do not believe it. Do not believe it. Say Everybody say, do not believe it. That is, I mean, that's just, that's, that's plain language right there. Jesus said, if, if people are saying that, don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, do not go. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. We don't have to worry about the little signs, this and that, that when Jesus comes, how many of you paid attention to the lightning last night? The lightning, you know, shows and then it takes 10 seconds or whatever for the, for us to hear the thing. That means it's miles away. Jesus said it's just like that. When the Son of Man comes, when he shows up, bam, like that, just like lightning, Everybody's going to know all around the world, from the east to the west. That's what it says in Revelation. He comes quickly. It doesn't mean yeah. time quickly. It means uh, when he comes, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the chef that says bam about everything? Bam. Emerald Lagasse. Okay. Bam. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagle will be gathered together. We don't need to worry about the little signs and all that. In fact, Jesus said about that stuff, don't worry about it. Don't worry. All you, not, all you need to pay attention to is not paying attention. Ignore all the people that claim to be the Messiah because when the Messiah comes, bam, we're going to know it. It's going to be like the lightning. It's going to be like the eagle. Wherever the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered. How? It wouldn't be I himself out of the desert or... Him. When he comes the next time, yeah. everybody's going to know. Yes. And some of this is being, people are being warned now across the body of Christ with the with the revival or outpouring going on with Asbury. There's a lot of people warning, said, don't just be caught up that God is there, that all of a sudden you just have to go there to see him. Pray that God will visit your church yeah. because there's going to be a time yeah. where outbreaks like that are not God. Right. <laughs> that are just... And then people are going to be running to them, yeah, just like this. Yes, 
Um, but wherever the carcass is, carcass, that's dead, that's dead stuff. How do you know where the carcass is that the eagles will be gathered together? I'm not sure if that's eagle eagles or if they're talking about buzzards because that's what usually happens when there's a carcass. But eagles do it live, don't they? Well, no, they'll eat. They'll eat it, all kinds of stuff. But I'm wondering if the eagles meant something about Rome, too. Yes, Sarge. Yes, go ahead. Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be the national symbol of Uh, America. Okay. And he called the eagle a dandified... Oh, buzzard, so... It was in the family group of scavengers. Right. We made it something, but uh, you'll mount up with wings like eagles. uh, Usually the eagle signifies something good in the Bible. Something strong. Yes. um, In the beginning, they used to worship scarabs, bugs, that's true, but this is well, could, but but biblically, the, If it's between those times, the Lord said that in the end times that men will worship themselves. Okay, this is this isn't talking about worship stuff though. This is talking about signs. I, so I want to focus on that Jesus is saying it's there will be signs that are obvious that that I have come. You will know. Just like you know if there's a bunch of buzzards, that there's dead, there's something over there. And and you can tell it from a long way off. Um, The same with the lightning. You'll know it from a long, no matter where you are, you'll know that it's happened. So you you don't have to worry about the little signs. The big sign will be enough. I think it's what he's saying. Don't worry about it, all those different things. Um, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, and we studied this in, when we studied the book of Revelation last year. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, not heaven, but in the sky. And then, and it will be like lightning, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And now now learn this parable from the fig, fig tree. So he's saying there's going to be, we're talking about signs. Um, I'm excited to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so the lightning from the east. The, the eagles, uh, and then all this stuff that happens where the sun, the stars fall from the heaven, um, and all of the people, all of his elect 
will be gathered from one end of heaven from one end of heaven to the other. Now, sometimes when it's saying heaven, it's talking about the actual sky. It's talking about the planets and all that stuff. But when it says they'll be gathered from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other, I'm not sure if that means we're already in heaven when all the, or a lot of us are in heaven when that happens. There's all that. Uh, the maybe so we're coming from the sky all around to meet him. Um, and it, then he talks about the parable of the fig tree. Now, they've asked him two things. They've said, when will this happen and what will be the sign? What is it? What's the short answer on when this is going to happen? He, te- he tells them, don't, don't know. He says, don't worry about it, too. That's when will this happen and uh, what will be the sign? Uh, he's told all the signs here. Then he says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. Where are we at? Verse 32, right there. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Just like we've got things budding out on the trees. It has something about seasons. Summer is near. Peach trees are blooming. Yeah. Maybe it's to be a short time. Exactly. What's the time in between when when the... um, when the branches start to get green, you know, in in the wintertime, they're, they're dormant or almost dead. They snap off, but then they turn green. And he said, when it puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it's near at the doors. See, I just told you what all the signs are. And when you see those things, you're going to know it's near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. When he says, I say, assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away. Does he, I don't think he's talking about the disciples, the generation that they're living in. He's talking, I think he's saying that generation, whenever this generation that's alive, when all those signs happen, whenever that, and that's, so a generation can't be very long. <laughs> That whoever's alive at that time, it's going to happen like that. Just like, just like summer, spring comes quickly. Uh, I mean, well, one. A lot of people preach that in 48. That was this generation. In 1948? Okay. So is that the fig tree? Was it fig tree? Well, Israel there's a lot the of that. Jerusalem. Is it fig tree Israel or was it fig tree Jerusalem? Because Jerusalem was 67. See, I'm not sure. But that's what I'm, I'm not sure we're even supposed to figure out what the fig tree is and if it's Jerusalem or this or whether it was 1948. When we start doing that stuff, we're starting to get over in on the wrong side of the fence on trying to figure out what's what. Jesus says, don't worry about that. The signs will be obvious, he says. The signs will be obvious. And when you see the signs, that generation's not going to pass away. It's only going to be a few years. So I don't think it could be 1948 because a lot of that generation I, I is... I say that's what a lot of preaching at. Right. You know, 
that time. Yes, that's right. They, that's the first thing they said. Because it looked big. It'd be this generation right. from 48. Because but, Israel is now back in. But a lot of that generation's dead. Yeah. So I don't think they were right. I'm still here, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were there then? Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't here then in 1948. So so he's saying it's going to happen quickly. A a generation will not pass away once you see some of these signs happen. They said that 40 years is like a generation. Yeah. I've heard that. Right. Well, this generation is different throughout Scripture. There's 120 years, there's 40 years, there's 70 years. And there's different ways they count it. But that's... Yeah, that makes sense. Heaven and okay, so a generation won't pass away. He said, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away." But of that day and hour, no one knows—not even the angels of heaven. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. And I don't think you're supposed to be trying to figure out. His disciples have just said, "How will we know?" He said, "Nobody knows. Not even not the angels." Not Jesus. He would have told them. Did Jesus know he'd tell us? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, I asked God one time, you know, if he'd tell me, he said, I would, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but as the man, as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They were going about life as usual until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Bam. Yeah. Then, look what it says here. I remember this being a kid and reading this and thinking, ooh, that's kind of scary. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Jesus said, two men will be working in the field, and the, one of them will look up, and the other one's gone. One will be taken, and the other one left. I wish we'd all been ready, yes. Remember that song. Um, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now, what is all that stuff taken, and the other one left? It seems... It seems like the rapture that that's that that's gonna people are gonna see that, and I mean Jesus was pretty plain in his language. Um, Could that be maybe too the candlesticks? One had oil, the other didn't have. Oil. We get to that. That's the next chapter. Oh, okay, okay. Jesus makes you are right. You win the prize. I don't know if you look read ahead, but that's one of Jesus' things. And sometimes we take that to mean one thing, but Jesus connects it. Uh, watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. Think about that. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he'd have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. If you know somebody's coming to... Yeah, you go. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler of his household to give him the food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant... Who has he just been talking about? Who is the good servant and who's the bad servant? 
Last week and the week before, two, the last two weeks we've been talking about, woe to you Pharisees and scribes and all this kind of stuff. A lot of commentators, a lot of teachers say this is, this is Christians and non-Christians in the world. And, the, and I think he's still talking about the unfaithful stewards because that's what he's talking about right here, which is the, which is the Pharisees. He's saying, and just his last few, this is the last couple of days that Jesus has with the disciples. He's saying, don't be like these guys. Don't be somebody who's not ready when it happens. Uh, blessed is the servant whom, when his master comes, he'll find him so doing. That's a word to the disciples. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler of all his good. But if that evil servant said to his heart, ah, my master's delaying his coming. I mean, that's a word for us right now. Um, I'm, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with and party. The master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and an hour that he's not aware of, and he'll cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whenever Jesus says weeping and gnashing of teeth, nearly all the other places, he's talking about hell. Yeah. He's saying it's gonna, that's going to be just like hell. So Jesus is saying, if you're my servants, you need to be ready. But you need to always be ready. Yeah. Don't, don't be just fooling around. And that's what he accused the, the Pharisees of doing. This whole, I mean, for two days, he's been teaching about the Pharisees and that religious leaders should never be the way that they are. And he's preparing his disciples once he's gone to be the religious leaders of the church, of this new kingdom that he's been talking about. That, and don't worry about all the signs. There, the sign, there's, there's two signs that are obvious, the eagles and the, the lightning. It's going to be that obvious. Everybody's going to know, um, but be working. Don't be slacking. Don't be beating the sheep. Be feeding the sheep uh, all along. And then, so Jimmy, when we get to chapter 25, which is the next one, the, there's three things that Jesus talks about. And the first one is the, vir, the ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom which is what you were talking about, and they're and they have, having oil, oil for their lamps and being ready. Logan has a teaching on that, uh, oil in the lamps. Um, that's one of his big ones. Um, and then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, and the parable of the talents, when he gives them this and that. And then the, uh, and then the shepherd dividing the sheep. Those are the three metaphors that G Jesus used uses when he talks about, when he illuminates what he's just been talking about here. It's about being ready, being ready. Yeah. Someone made the statement today, I was listening to ministry, and they said that grace has got so easy for people, they're not expecting. Huh? If you're living your best life now like those Pharisees were, you don't want Jesus to come. Yeah. Because you're living that's, your best life now. I think that's where a lot of people are. Yeah. They say, we've got it so good, so why do we need yeah. well, it? Even, yeah, even leaving Egypt, they didn't want to leave. And so yeah. God had to up the persecution to get them to want to go. 
Yeah. You know, so and I'm ready to go. And I've I'm seen, ready. I saw a church. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen some of this. I've seen, I was at a church where they began teaching this thing called victorious eschatology, yeah. that Jesus is probably not going to return, and they were betting their life on it for hundreds or more years. And what, and what I saw over the next year was more and more people get caught up in drunkenness, get caught up in yeah. going to Vegas. I'm talking about leaders. Why? Because, uh, whoa, we got time. Yeah. I can live all my life now. And they began falling. That church is only a, nowhere near it was yeah. because they taught that everything's getting better and we're not going to have to face this stuff. Yeah. Jesus knew how vital these last few minutes are that he... I mean, he's got hours, a matter of just hours with his disciples left yeah. to do whatever can be done on this earth as a man in the flesh. He had to do it in just a matter of hours. And this is the last thing that he says to them. I mean, it's not the very last thing, but it's up to the very last thing that he says to them. That's how important it is. It's for us, not, and not to be, not to, be, this is not about that you need to be careful or you might go to hell. It is not that. It is about if you're if you're the church, if you're responsible to be Jesus to the people around you, you need to be ready. Um, and we need to and we need to always be bringing the gospel. We need to always bring, be bringing the message of the kingdom before the people that require it. We can't slack, not because we'll go to hell, but because other people will go to hell. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank, give us a, give us a passion. Give us a sense of urgency about the people around us. Renew our sense of evangelistic fervor that that existed in the '60s and and the '70s and, and that Jesus Revolution, that movie. What all it, um, what all it causes us to be nostalgic about. Father, give us that passion now in these days. Let us not be like, um, like the unfaithful servant that's not ready when the master comes home, when the master returns. May we be diligent um, in spreading the gospel, spreading the good news of Jesus, spreading the news of, of the kingdom, your kingdom in this world. Um, help us to bring a, a little bit of heaven to uh, all the places that we go and the places that we stand, the, the people that we work beside, our, our families. Father, that you be glorified and that Jesus, the love of Jesus be spread. It's in his name we pray. Amen.